2: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
3: This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Rock star is the wrong word by definition. But classical star doesn't quite get at Long Long's place in the pantheon. He's a serious pianist playing serious repertoire with a flair. Here, it's a Schubert fantasy in front of a sold-out crowd at Carnegie Hall. One's tempted to say he's one part Glenn Gould, one part Van Clyburn. But the truth is, he's long, long. He and his signature bouffant with the obvious choice to open the Beijing Olympics watched by four billion people. And for President Obama to invite to play at the intimate White House dinner for the President of China. Long long takes an obvious joy in his art and his fame, but both are hard won. A musical prodigy, he was the son of two talented artists forced to abandon their dreams by the Cultural Revolution. Just a few years after he won a national competition, at the age of five, his father abandoned everything else in his life to focus on his son's talent. They moved together to Beijing. Long Long won so many contests that he was offered a spot by the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. His father moved with him to America, too. All that vicarious ambition took its toll on their bond, but over the years, it returned. We're very close. Our conversation was taped in front of a live audience at WNYC's Greenspace.
4: We're really uh, much better than when I was uh, nine years old. <laughs> much better, it was not in the same level. Yeah, we were really, and it's getting closer somehow. Because we are not living together, so in a way, you know, distance makes beauty, right? So so that's, that's how it exactly happened, <laughs> yeah.
3: In his mind, he must have a kind of a mixed feeling, the euphoria of you having made it to the degree you've made it. And at the same time, he's not around you. I know that if I was your dad, I'm obsessed with my kids. And if I was like your dad, and I was instrumental and influential in helping you become what you became, then all of a sudden you were like, okay, dad, I got this, and you're going to move out on your own. I'd be like, wait, no. You know, If you were my son, I'd want to live with you forever. <laughs>
4: so, I mean, he... Uh, what does he do with himself now that you're not living together? <laughs> he's actually... Uh, he's helping me a lot in China, uh, back home. And then uh, he's also uh, teaching a lot. He, he likes to... Uh, Helping the next generation of uh, musicians, and uh, and he, he himself was a musician. Yeah, he played the arhu, the Chinese violin. Um, so um, that was his. Um, he uh, was in some like circus bands. He was uh, in an air force band, but in be- yeah, before I was in a circus band. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the instrument itself is very beautiful. It's like one of the most charming instruments from Asia, and it's very tasteful. It has a, a really beautiful taste. And and it's also instrument always makes you cry somehow, yeah. So like, uh, then, oh. yeah. So uh, so sometimes I mean, my father made me cry with different reason. Uh. <laughs> but, you, know. you weren't crying because he broke out the what is it called again? Arhu. Arhu. Yeah. Arhu. Yeah. More like that. Yeah.
3: I'll get my Chinese pronunciation okay, down yeah. eventually, <laughs> but maybe by the time we're done. But 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 then you your country, your native country, is very driven by competitions and international yes, competitions. Yes. They put a tremendous emphasis on that, correct?
4: Absolutely. The best way to make career uh, were winning the competitions, and which is the truth, uh, the, um, especially during that time, because otherwise nobody will discover you, you know, in a way. So we we, we have to go out for international competitions and to win prizes. So being number one it's kind of became a... Moto in my uh, uh, early career and then of course um, after I, I landed here I had this uh, teacher a great pianist Gary Grafman uh, who was also quite different compared to the other academic professors because he is so into you know, a real career rather than a short term being uh, you know, a prize winner so he discouraged me to do competitions and I was like wow really did he say why yeah, he said that you're too crazy about being number one and you're not really focused on what you should be, you know, learning the repertoire. And to, he said, do you want to become a great musician or you want to just win a the prize? prize? Winner. And I said, oh, I said, is that not the same? I said, well, what's the difference? I said, if I don't win a prize, how am I going to become a great musician? Uh, he said, oh, okay, that's the, the wrong understanding you have. And especially his wife, you know, uh, Naomi, every time I go to library in, uh, in Curtis, and then uh, I start you know looking over the competition forms, like Van Cliburn, Chopin, Tchaikovsky, and I take it out. And then I'm thinking to, to feel the form, right? And I saw Naomi next to me. Hey, what are you doing, bad boy? Uh, shouldn't you just working on your Brahms second piano concerto? rather than you know, feeling the form, trying to be a crazy number one somehow. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me go back to practice. <laughs> yeah, when, you're, when, you, when, you, when you're young, you won your first competition when you were five, correct? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what, what I, I was kind of like. Perfe- Shenyang. Yeah, I was like kind of a professional competition uh, person. You know, I'm very competitive. If I see yeah. you, let's, let's do a competition now. And if I see you, uh, yeah, let's do no, it. No, I'm not gonna yeah. bother, you win.
3: Yeah. I mean, in our company. <laughs> you're the winner. We'll just skip to that.
4: No, no yeah. but but but
3: what fascinates me is the emotion and the feeling behind that kind of work. When you're five years old, if you can recall, are you sitting at a piano and it's pressure and it's tense and it's like you have to pass a test because it's a competition and you're and and there's a, there's a kind of a tight feeling you have where you want, to... or are you enjoying yourself when you're five
4: years old? Um, th- one thing uh, good about competition is that it kind of pushes you to play better than you normally does because you you try to uh, play without wrong notes. You try to be 100% concentrated on, on what you do. Uh, but also, in the same time, if you are too serious about competition, you lose your soul in a way that you are afraid to do something wrong. And as you know, in art sometimes when you really do something unique you're actually not really on the page you are actually doing something but that that is a really great moment so so in a way it's it's hard to say you know it's hard to say but i i kind of enjoyed it because sometimes i lose sometimes i win it's encouraging me to do better um and actually i learn more than um than just playing because i see others playing and i'm like wow they're good i, I need to catch up you know so uh, so this is a good good vibe that's funny to
3: see you of all people mm-hmm. and you watch another five-year-old kid play and you're like damn he's good <laughs> i couldn't do that when i was like, all right let's have a competition you and me right now you're challenging everyone to a duel <laughs> of the piano now what was missing in your childhood what did you wish you had more of?
4: Uh, video games, uh, <laughs> more more sports, uh, uh, more free Sleep. free time, free time, free time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, now I am uh, at age you of know, thirty six, I can have more free times if I want. So it's in the end, it's kind of okay. You postponed you know. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Postponed it. Yeah, but but in a way that I I wish that I I may have a little bit more more fun time. You know, to maybe less pressure. I would say, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Did your dad say, "I'm sorry that it was so tough," and I'm sorry no. but it paid no. off in the end? No. He never apologized. No, I
4: think the the best action he was like, "Oh yeah, let yourself handle your stuff," and I'm not going to handle it anymore. So I think that's that's the. The way that he he passed the management baton <laughs> <Yeah>. on to <laughs> yeah. you, right, right, right. And now he's jealous of my mom. He's like, "Oh, the important concert, you are going, and then you have a nice photo." <laughs> so you see, he, he likes to have some nice photos. So and now, now your mother's doing
3: a lot of traveling with you, yeah, not yeah, your yeah, father. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. what's your mother's answer with all the travel? Just one martini is what her program is. She, she right, has, that does come in handy for some people. I when mean, they're she
4: has this natural, uh, some kind of a, you know, she, she's just never get tired. She's incredible. I think I got some of my energy from her. Her eyes are always like this. <laughs> yeah. But before she started traveling with me, she always sleep really early, like already 10, 11, very healthy, right? But then she now I mean, traveled with me for, for a few years already. And now she's like never sleep before, three, three or two at least. But she looks better than before. <laughs> so, uh, so I think it's the music therapy, you know. I think it's... Uh, You know, she's just everywhere. Like, every time I play something, she's like, yeah. You've had a corrupting influence on your own mother. I find that fascinating.
3: Uh, You know, is there a piece you play that is exceptionally challenging to you? Is there one that even you... Uh,
4: Every time you play a new piece, whether it's uh, technically easy or difficult, there's always a new story to tell. And um, somehow it's not all about... You know play the note anymore you know as a growing up uh, pianist so more about how to bring those music to life again um and into you know a different interpretation so therefore every is you have to focus and uh, in a very different style of course yeah but uh, i wouldn't say this piece i just you know kind of uh i don't need to care much and it will come out in a great way no way you, you have to really focus and to concentrate so that's why like in in this new album the piano book it's the same thing there are many pieces consider be pretty simple uh, but once you start to look into those pieces and you're like wow those are master pieces it's not simple uh, maybe technically simple but if you want to make real you know music out of it, you have to be focused and to play everything in your mind to you know to make it work.
3: Yeah. Well, I, th- there of course is my first uh, slip up here, which is mm. that you brought up your book before I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Which yeah. is no, no. Yeah. Which is a bad hosting yeah. on my part. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I should have mentioned that you have your new book out, the piano book and the CD, uh, which I have. And, I, and one thing I do, which is a, a silly. Uh, a preoccupation is I go to an iTunes or any kind of a download service right. and I look and see the length. So oh. who plays the Mahler ninth, fourth movement, the longest and the slowest, <laughs> the most tortured fourth movement of the Mahler. And you do uh, Claire de Lune. You squeeze the hell out of that. You really play the very long, yes, yes. luxuriating <laughs> Claire de Lune.
4: Why is that? Uh, and, and I think, you know, after getting a little older, uh, I think it's gonna be even longer, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, don't worry, no. I mean, the, the other day, there's one critic said, you know, from the the Car De Lune's, uh, uh, the way I played, I think Long Long plays Goldberg with uh, two hour and 30 minutes, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's, a, it's kind of a right thing to say, I'm, I'm now trying to figure out how long I'm gonna play that piece, uh, yeah, but, I, you know, I just want to enjoy the moment, and and I I wanna to make sure that I heard everything from that piece.
3: I have another question for you. That of course we have a piano here, sure, which sure. is just a suggestion no, only. No, no, no. Don't feel right. any pressure. Right, it's right. there in case you <laughs>
4: feel inclined to, you know.
3: Do I, this I thing. like
4: this way of you know inviting someone to play. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, there, there's one friend of mine. Um, it was uh, you know, the birthday of mine And so he invited me to his house And he said, you know I know today's your birthday Probably you, you you will not play today But I just want you to know It's also my mother's birthday No pressure So I played happy birthday for her You know uh, also, I heard with, with Pablo Casals, and there 's like a rich lady in London always inviting uh, him for tea um, and uh, But he always has something to do he did not have time and then so finally he came uh, and then the lady's like where 's your cello and, and Casals said, "You did not invite my cello today
3: <laughs> Billy, Billy Joel did our show, and Billy said that 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 everywhere he goes. Uh, you know, obviously uh, a considerable number of people have a piano in their home mm. and he said everywhere he goes, they're like, uh, Billy, do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> Just one quick tune? <laughs> and, and, and everywhere he goes, it's like, what do, what do he play? Christmas carols at the Christmas right, party. Right, right, right. Do you find the same thing as true? Are people constantly
4: saying? But they, they do in a different way now. Huh. They say, uh, my am I traveling? Oh, so do you need a place to practice? <laughs> uh, I'll yeah, put a piano yeah, in my can home. Yeah, you come to my pregnant. home anytime, twenty-four hours. I, I don't have neighbors. It's okay. It's myself. I'm like, oh, okay, I got it, I got it. Now, before we get to some other subjects, I've got, I've got
3: a lot of questions here. Would you be us with sure, some sure. little? Piece? Yeah. So I, I will
4: play. Uh, yeah, I will play a uh, one of the piece from uh, the recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know which one, but I start. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come to you. Thank you thank you. This is the vault of uh, Emily uh, from the, the movie uh, emily it 's a really nice, nice movie yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, the, um, uh, describe for us how did the piano book come about? Whose idea was this
4: mm, I always wanted to do an album like this because when I was a kid, uh, I barely find. Um, the uh, professional uh, musician recording uh, pieces like uh, uh, For Elise uh, or cherny Etudes or Clementi Sonatina or Mozart Sonatina uh, or uh, some of the piece which you consider be the beginner's piece um, but those are the pieces I loved the most when I was a kid and then those, those are my best friend. I mean sometimes it's not best friend. Sometimes after a lot of practice become my worst friend. <laughs> Uh sometimes sometimes I want to kill them. <laughs> yeah. But in the end of the day, you know, those are the the bread and butter made uh um pianist to grow. Um so so therefore I wanted to, you know, to record something which uh, can be appreciated by every uh person who loves piano. Um so that's why we called uh, the album the piano album. Yeah. And this is for Deutsche. Yeah, I'll do yeah, yeah, and the, and it's it's
3: already in release because
4: I have it on my phone. I downloaded it yeah. on my phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you.
3: Yeah, yeah, well, it was worth it. Believe yeah. it.
4: <laughs> Thanks. I I, I hope it brings some some nice feelings and uh, and don't don't always count the minute, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> later uh, it's like one second second, five (laughs) seconds now now when you
3: when you when you uh, you're leaving uh, uh, very shortly uh, in the next few days to go on a tour and you're you're going to have a, a um you're going to uh, Rome. Yeah, Rome, Rome and then you're going yeah. on to uh, yeah. Korea, UN, uh, Japan, uh, Australia, South Pacific, so forth. Yeah. Mm. Now, when you go on these trips, the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, you grew up in uh, communist China and uh, of course, Americans have their own, you know, um, unreliable I- images of China and what, uh, what, what goes on in China. I don't think they're quite sure, but, for me, what I'm curious about is how did the cultural revolution in China impact your parents? Did, wasn't there some impact
4: on your mom? Mm, I, I think the cultural revolution. I mean, of course, this is from uh, their their generation. I wasn't there, right? Uh, but it certainly gave them uh, incredible um, kind of. I mean openness to to the next generation. They want their kid, you know, to to uh, to be a, a citizen of the world, uh, and they, you know, in a way that because they kind of missed ten years of time uh, to not connect it to to the world, um, and so so in a way that that's why my generation uh, of. Uh, uh, Chinese kids, um, I mean, not kids anymore. Um, um, we, we are very, uh, you know, trying to, you know, learn piano and to to get connected to the world, and of course, being Chinese, but also uh, a world citizen. Um, so sort of like the, our mission is bridging uh, the uh, the culture together. Yeah.
3: Um, this is your home now in New
4: York. Yeah, you call I, New York home yeah, now. Yeah, moved to New York in 2007 uh, after. Um, 10 years in Philadelphia um, since 97. And- to go to Curtis. Yeah, I was studying there. Um, and then I was waiting to earn more money to afford the apartment here. Uh, so, How's so that's that why, going? Yeah, I mean, it worked since 2007, so that, that's why I moved, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, when I came to America in 96, uh, I was just uh, 14, and, uh, and I thought New York is such a, a city with uh, the whole world behind, so I always wanted to to come here to uh, uh, you know to be part of uh, this. And why great, not other cities? Um, I Cause mean, because the, the cultural scene here is obviously very real. New York is a cultural
3: capital like mm-hmm. other great cities, but but maybe not as much as other cities. Like uh, you, there was no oh, thought in your you mind to you live in, pa- pa- live in Paris. For I mean,
4: I, I actually do have a. A uh, new home in Paris. I fully so, expected so, you to say that. Uh, actually, so, uh, yeah. uh, so, I mean, you sold a few records. Yeah, so, I see. So it would be like Beijing, uh, New York, and Paris. Like my, yes. three, uh, uh, yeah, but New York it sounds somehow. like the
3: perfect triangle: New York, yeah, Beijing, yeah. Paris. <laughs> yeah. but 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 so, so when you when you travel the world, are there? Halls that you play in, or there are people that you play, uh, ensembles that you play with that you really get excited about. Like, what, what are among your favorite spaces to perform in?
5: Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know that
3: the acoustics are very uh, much of an issue because right. being on the board of the Philharmonic, and they're going to be dynamiting David Geffen Hall very shortly in the next year or two to redo all of Geffen Hall. What's mm-hmm. a space that when you perform, you just love the sound of that space?
4: Um, I mean, <clears throat> there are many beautiful halls in the world um, and of course you have Carnegie Hall here you have Boston Symphony Hall it's a really amazing uh, sound um, and you have the Musikverein uh, Concert House in Vienna um, and uh, and one of the very beautiful look um, like this beautiful look is the Royal Albert Hall in London uh, maybe the sound is not great but it looks great <laughs> <you know? laughs> I mean, sometimes that can't, too, you know, for DVD recording, you know, live streaming. It's, like, it's a nice set. Oh, nice place, yeah. And uh, uh, but it's really interesting because for pianists, we normally play on on the side, right? So so we never really look into audience somehow. I mean, if you want, you you do like this, right? And then, but in the Royal Albert Hall, it, it, it's a run, right? So everywhere is audience. So so first time I I felt. S- Really nervous when I start playing Mozart, you know, so delicate. And then I see someone's waving at me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is only downside of playing the roundhouse, you know. It's, and I'm thinking about cellist every day, you know. Playing wow that's that's tough <laughs> that's tough I'm with you at Manhattan School
3: of Music I told your mother this story right. I said we're in Central Park mm-hmm. and you're playing uh, Rhapsody in Blue right. and you're there with the Philharmonic with mm-hmm. Alan mm-hmm. And it's the concert in the park and i that's obviously we're the reverse you'd be facing the other way okay. and you're playing the piano and you get to this the, the most tender and the most beautiful the most gorgeous moment in that soft piano part of Rhapsody in Blue and you get to the end of the keyboard and you took this nanosecond to look at the Audience, of course, I'm projecting here. And you get to the end of the piano and you look at the audience, you're like, You really love me, don't you? You're really crazy about me when I do this. When I do this to this piano, you go crazy, don't you? I know you do. And you went bada ba and you're like here, it's me. here with you. And I said that to your mother, and your mother goes, Exactly, that's him. That's what he does. Great pianist, Long Long. He took his first lesson when he was just three years old. You know who else got his start at three? Itzhak Perlman, playing on a toy violin in his bedroom. I loved the sound of the violin. I heard it on the radio. And I said, That's what I want to do. Simple. That's what I want to do. And, and there's no explanation. You know, everybody has a different thing that grabs their imagination yeah. and the violin sound was that and I think it was Heifetz so he was pretty good for grabbing the imagination, you know My full interview with Itzhak Perlman can be found at thing.org. Long Long on music that moves him coming up
2: For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand.
0: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of.
3: I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Long Long had barely hit puberty when he and his father landed in Philadelphia from Shenyang. The Curtis Institute of Music awarded Long Long a full scholarship, but teenagers still need a high school education.
4: I still remember my first day in Philadelphia in high school. And I, I went into the class. And they say, said, so introduce yourself. And I said, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm playing piano. I come here to, uh, to study uh, classical music. And, and everybody look at me. It's like they're seeing an alien. Whoa. Oh, what? I said, Mozart, do you know Mozart? <laughs> I think I heard about that guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's dead for many years, right? I'm like, wow, this is something. Yeah. I've been in a bubble. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I re- also record Chopstick. You know, I did not know that piece in China. I did not know Chopstick. I know Chopstick, you know. But I... So, so, they, so you know, so they, they asked if me... If I made that joke, yeah, my career would be yeah, over right yeah. now. <laughs> 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 so, so one day, I invited them backstage, the, the Philadelphia Orchestra, there's a piano. They were in the rehearsal for two minutes and they cannot stand anymore. So they, they all came out because they, they just couldn't listen to symphony. And I, and they said, lang, 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 there's a piano there. Can you play chapstick? <laughs> and I and I was yeah, so I was d I don't really know. And then but they they showed me and I started but from that moment on, we became really good friends. It's Also, you know, this culture clash is kind of, uh, you know, we, we went through that, that point. Um, and then I realized, you know, one day I should help my friend and classmate to have a, a bit of, uh, you know, music uh, uh, inspirations in the school. So therefore, uh, 10 years ago, we founded uh, the, the Lang, Lang International Music Foundation in New York, and now we have almost 60 schools. And I also want to thank... Yeah. Thank you. Uh, But I also I want to have this opportunity to thank Alec because from the first time when we played concert, Alec was the host already, and then in every every fundraising uh, time he's always there, and he's also uh, uh, you know. It's hard to say no to you. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Thank you. No, we really appreciate your help. And so the foundation
3: has been in existence Mm -hmm. for how long now? Ten years. Ten Ten years. years.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And 60 schools in the U.S. and yes. around the world US. as well. US. In the U.S. Yeah. yeah. How would you say, I mean, to the extent that this is possible, because I'm always quick to to undervalue or under-emphasize uh, uh, mm-hmm. the American experience, if you will, but you are a prodigy, obviously, and you're just knocking them dead at the piano since you're five years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much would you say the United States and your experience of living in the United States helped to
4: crystallize some of your talent sure, and some sure, of your ability? sure, sure. Um, I was very lucky. I had this best teacher in the world, Gary Grafman. So, oh, um, Curtis. Yeah, the, the, at Curtis. He be basically became a, a, a lifetime mentor to me. Um, and so, because this is quite important, there are many schools, many different teachers. You need to find someone who's having a you know, great knowledge, but also fits your style. And in a way, Gary is the, the absolutely the right one because he taught me so much about different culture. Uh, because you know, learning piano, this is not just playing the note. You have to learn the culture. And you have to learn the history. You need to learn their culture roots, folk music, and somehow you are learning the culture of the world. And you really need to dig into it. Um, and then I think in the US, it's a it's a really um, you have so many different neighborhoods you know if you want to find more European neighborhood like German town you want under the French quarter um, uh, or you know so you always find people from different culture and they can share you know their their culture with you uh, and uh, and I still remember the first few years it was very difficult for me to understand the culture and then uh, Gary found a wonderful teacher who taught me Shakespeare um, then you know after reading. Um, a few of the books then I starting to understand the Western classic music you know uh, the relationship between you know the, the music to the art theme you know to the novels you know to you, you have to have the surroundings and then of course not only US uh, is important you also need to go to Europe because this is home of uh, some of the, uh, the greatest uh, composers like going to Moscow and or St. Petersburg going to Vienna uh, going to Berlin Hamburg uh, Paris and so, or Madrid you know to get into the European uh, culture now uh, what does a conductor have to offer you these days at your level um, when I was a teenager uh, I had um, many great uh, life experience with uh, you know conductors like Savalish, uh, Lauren Mazel uh, and they're like my grandfather you know they're like and Totally different generation and, and from a totally different time, and so they told me how to understand Beethoven, how to understand Brahms, how to understand, you know, in a way that is hard to explain in the schools. But this is like face to face. They they show you the feeling, you know, like they they basically, even though sometimes they don't sing really well, they can really show what they want and. Those are kind of life experiences and this is something that I'm so treasuring because some of those masters already passed away and I still have a beautiful memories of my first time meeting Sabah <laughs> Yeah, you know, or Mazel. Um, and, and this is just tremendous experience for me.
3: Name, if you can, a couple of con- of conductors who you really love working.
4: Yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gustavo Dudamel, he's my t- great buddy. I, I love him. We just played uh, yes, I mean the day before yesterday uh, in LA, um, and then where'd you play? Uh, Beethoven Number Two. Yeah, um, and also I, I love the new uh, uh, conductor of Berlin Philharmonic, Kirill uh, 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 Petrenko, uh, which uh, is going to be. Uh, starting with Burning Field this season, um, and uh, and of course I love Zubin Mehta. Uh, he showed me all the tricks what Horowitz did with him the Rachmaninoff Third Concerto, and also uh, when I play Chopin Number One, he said this sound is not good enough. I said, I said, so so, what do you think? He said, yeah, I play with Arthur Rubinstein. He did not play like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, show me, Maestro, show me. And he said, I don't know how to do that, but he did like this. <laughs> are you still learning? Absolutely. As you could, you are. Absolutely, yeah. So, here's the thing. You know, sometimes you, you go to a master class, and, um, you learn a lot of things, um, in that class, and then afterward, it helps you a little bit, you know, for a few more weeks. But if someone's really good, real master, you will hear a master class, and that class will carry at least another ten years. And every time you think about, you know, what he or she told you on that that class, it's not just about uh, how to make music, but it's it's a really the way how are you going to think about uh, music and how you connect with your personality you know to the composers and how are you bridging your imagination into the music and how are you going to develop your next 10 years so they, they basically make you think much more than who you are few musicians can really do that and they really brings you to think much deeper and to think about in a very different concept. Um, and uh, I still remember working with uh, maestro Nicholas um on Mozart. And uh, of course I played many times Mozart concertos, but that lesson uh, I played, um, he showed me something that I never seen Mozart can be described or interpreted in that way. Uh, and that changed the whole time. You, you, you basically think, oh my God, what I did was wrong, you know, and I, I'm going to relearn everything. So, so, you know, some musicians have that power to really restart your thinking of everything.
3: You know. Are you going to tell us what he said about Mozart? <laughs> people uh, love classical, or is that a secret? Is that an
4: industry secret? Nothing. I mean, I, I think I play a little bit of. Uh, now would be the perfect time for that. It's, yeah, it's a little bit hard to to describe because it's a quite. You don't a, need to describe yeah, it. You can I just play, do it. Yeah. I play uh, two variations from uh, uh, the Twinkle Twinkle variation. Okay.
3: Um, the, uh, uh, was there a moment in your life I mean I know I ask these Sappy questions But uh, was there a moment in your life When you thought I really am pretty good at this Like when did you realize You were becoming the person that you became
4: It happened a few times <laughs> Yeah because, because like You know it happens And then you think you're not good enough You know it's kind of like that So when I was nine I thought I really don't have talent and uh, I thought I'm gonna give up, um, and then somehow why why I, why? I, I mean it's,
3: what was going on in your life that happened when uh, you were I had
4: a I had a professor who did not like me, and then uh, she fired me, uh, and uh, I thought I'm so bad I got fired even you know can you imagine this this really and she told me that you you will never become a pianist so yeah yeah so, so so now you call her before every concert no I I, 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 That's now. no I I got so scared because every time when i'm making audition in the conservatory she's sitting first row because she's the professor you know so i had so many uh nightmares because of uh you know her <laughs> her encouragement <laughs> um but anyway so but but then i um and then uh the first time I thought I'm pretty good is that I, when I won the international competition at age of twelve in Germany, and I thought, wow, I actually can play some good sound, yeah. Um, and then, and then I, I had a horrible time at school again. Like I did not do well, and I'm like, okay, I'm not good enough. And then, when I came to America, in the beginning, I was so confident. The first months, I'm like, wow, I'm pretty good. And then, you know, there are many great students at Curtis. They play so well. Uh, And I'm like, I'm not good enough. And then, I have no concerts, you know, for for like three years almost um, because nobody have the confidence to take a 15-year-old boy, you know, to play Beethoven uh, concertos or, or Tchaikovsky. It's kind of like too young, you know. So I still remember my early days audition, you know, from Philadelphia taking the uh, the the Greyhound bus um, it was like $12 something like yeah yeah and then uh, came to uh, uh, came to Times Square and then uh, running into auditions and then afterward you know conductor's like yeah so um, so there was a, a, a audition for Milwaukee Symphony yeah it's good 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 orchestra and the conductor look at me oh, this from some European country and uh, you played pretty really good but uh how old are you? And I'm 15. Oh, maybe let's wait another 10 years. <laughs> so it did not go so well mm. uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Um. Now there's a story that I read about
3: you going to Etlingen. Mm. and you that's which, the
4: German one, like in 12. Uh, when I was 12, yeah, right. And you, you go
3: to a competition, mm. correct?
4: Yeah. First international competition for me. Yeah. All right.
3: And when you go there, you went to a church. Yeah. And I read where you prayed to Jesus when mm. you were in this church. And I'm just wondering, and I want to phrase this question the right way, which is, do you have, without enumerating them or discussing Mm -hmm. them if you don't want to, specific religious beliefs or, like many people that I've met in the classical repertoire, is music itself your religion now?
4: I think certainly music is our religion, but I do believe uh, there's uh, some incredible power beyond us. You are getting inspired from somewhere, and right. this is not just about you know our wonderful friendship, but there's some someone is helping you. That's for sure. And also, from the different part of my life, you know, there's a lot of time I thought I'm not going to make it, but somehow I made it. The strength came yes. to you. Do you listen to uh, any classical music? Or, or? For me, uh, um, I when I'm not performing, uh, I like to listen to jazz because somehow you know the the jazz. Um, the jazz musicians are really, really incredible. They can just, you know, give anything and they, they make it into a beautiful work, especially, you know, people that I admire, like Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea, you know, those, my great friend, and also learn so much from them. Um, and then the, the other aspect is to to listen to new music, you know, like just fresh, made, whether it's on top radio or like EDM, you know, just hear. Movies, you, TV, yeah, anything. movie like stuff movies? is also great um and uh, and also um i think listen to mahler symphony or brahms symphonies are always you know always very inspiring you always find something new and somehow when i was a kid i did not really reflect those things into my life you know you kind of listen to it you know it's beautiful but now somehow when i'm especially you know normally when you play with orchestra the second half is the orchestra right so i always sit in and then when i listen to mahler or brahms it just somehow it's reflecting in your life, the changes of the harmonies. Somehow it's like, it's, it's so related to us. You sort of thinking, oh, this is one point of my career. What happened is like, you know, the turning of the, the harmonies. What is it about this music that it touches people that way? What is your feeling right. about that? Yeah, because in classical music, especially in the symphonic pieces, uh, there's they have so many different layers, you know, different layers. And those layers are, you know, representing our emotion, um, our memories, and uh, and our kind of different aspect uh, of culture. Um, and people like Mahler, he's the 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 reason I think we love his music so much is that because he's he has such a mix of culture in his music, mm-hmm. and it's somehow, you know, every one of us is piece of that, um, and and also you know. Cla- that's what classical music is for. It, it has a, you know, it, it's a very long pieces, very long symphonies, and you know, it's it's very different. When you if you see a, a film at five minutes uh, and finishes, if it's a TV soap twenty minutes, or it's a it's a movie for two hours, you, it get you into a different stage of your heart, or of of your mind as well, and I think symphonies or uh, like uh, opera, you know, they can really get in to very deep layers of your heart and of your senses um and another thing is that once you're in the concert hall listening to those incredible work is that everything else get blocked everything else so that's why your emotion becomes so pure so genuine you become who you are and, and so that's why you know we get tears in our eyes because we're so focused, and we just let music take us to when we start you know our life the first day of know uh, memory and and I think that's that's it I was, well, I was
3: going to ask this question, but i 'll just say this now, and that is that I was going to say, you grew up your whole childhood in China, and then you 've lived here and, and abroad for years, and I was going to ask you what what have you learned that the Chinese people and the American people have in common? And I guess what I'm realizing is, everywhere you go, what people have in common is this language of music and, the, and their love of music.
4: Like, for example, there are a lot of uh, great orchestras coming to visit China. I mean, and most of those Chinese kids probably never heard of those countries before in their life. But when they start playing their music, we all felt that we know each other, um, and this is the power. This is really the power.
3: Yeah. Please join me in thanking our very special guest, Lang Lan. Thank you. Thank you. His most recent album of pieces normally reserved for young learners is called Piano Book. The accompanying hardcover has all the sheet music plus his notes on why each piece meant so much to him growing up. I'm Alec Baldwin and you're listening to Here's the Thing.